Hey everyone and welcome to the 67th episode of the Equestria Confidential Podcast recorded on Saturday the 9th of May 2015. And my name's Owen and I'm joined by regular co-host Sheldon and special guest... Oh, I can't remember how to pronounce your name! <laughs> oh, you've messed up! Pico Pie. Pico Pie. There we go. Yes. And Good we've name. not... We, yes, we've not got a helping of horse this week. Instead, we have Pico Pie, who is the the co-director of events for Everfree Northwest, the upcoming convention that's happening in just a few weeks. Uh, before we get on to asking you some questions about the event that is coming up, how is everyone doing on this fine evening or morning, in my case? Yeah, you know, Owen, I'm doing pretty good. My belly is full of Chinese food, and I'm... Uh... I'm wide awake and ready to go here. Nice. Yes. I'm doing pretty good myself. Had a meeting earlier today, and I'm looking forward to a long night of work. Great. Sounds fantastic. So, <laughs> with that out of the way, I, I guess I guess we better dive right into this. So, uh, Everfree Northwest. What what exactly does a director of events do? Tell us a, a, a day in the life of. The director of events. Well, the day of the life as an director of, as a director of events is you wake up and then you respond to a bunch of emails by saying no. Uh, <laughs> no so, um, so, so wait, what, what, you respond to a bunch of emails by saying so? Is this like people copy paste? No, no. Um, <laughs> what we do is is we're the ones organizing the events themselves. So you have a lot of people doing a lot of stuff internally, and then you have some people like media doing stuff externally. We're kind of in the middle where we're like, hey, let's do. Thing A at five o'clock on Thursday. Let's do uh, pony stock. You know, making sure that our big music event is scheduled for a certain time. That nothing else is in the same room at the same time. Um, making sure that all of our special and community guests have an event to go to, and that there's a wide variety of events and something for everyone. Right. So, so, so you're you're not necessarily like approving panels or events. Yep. Oh, you no, are. No, uh, we are or... doing a we are doing a lot of panel approval. Um, we've we've already done um, pretty much all that. Um, we do have some internal stuff where people are like, "Hey, we're from the kids department, and we want to do this," and we're like, "Oh, great! No, that's awesome!" So we know to schedule stuff for in for uh, things that people are doing in um, that are already associated with the convention. So we we have a big kids track. So we had so we knew to let kid to let our fulls department um, schedule stuff for that, and then we just insert it into the schedule to make sure stuff doesn't conflict with that so that it all runs nice and smooth. Nice. And but Anything else that you get onto, or is it just it just as thrilling as uh, organizing timetables? Because it sounds it, like a it, thrilling it's, job. It, it's basically <laughs> making, like, a, if, if you're playing role-playing games like D&D or something like that, it's basically making a giant character sheet where all your numbers line up, only it's with times in people's lives. <laughs> you have so, to follow all the rules. Sometimes you have to say, hey, can I do this? And, you know, your higher-ups or, the, you know, the GM in the case of someone doing a role-playing game says yes or no and gives a reason why or why not. <laughs> so... Right. Okay. So, so when you so when you say you you send a lot of emails to people saying, no, what 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 are you saying no to? No, you can't do this panel. No, you can't do well, this. Well, like especially this right time. now, we 
we have our schedule basically set. There are some minor adjustments that we make here and there, um, especially concerning you know special guests because you know, hey, um, we have uh, John Delancey coming. If he comes midday Friday or shows up late on Friday, then we have to know that, and then we have to say, well, we can't have his event early on Friday. Um, John Delancey incidentally will be there all three days, but um, we have to know where things line up. And if someone wants to do something, and we, you know, we've had over 200 panel submissions, some people aren't going to make it. Wow. So sometimes you have to say no. But a lot of times we do, do try and say yes. Um, we try and condense stuff down. <coughs> so like, hey, um, we have the both these people who want to do a how to write a music track, and rather than just flat out rejecting one, we'll see like, hey, are both of you willing to work with each other? And, you know, sometimes, you know, they already have, you know, what they're planning a full track and we know to try and schedule both of them. Or sometimes they're like, yeah, no, I'd love to work with this person. And so then we can get it condensed and down. So it's like, well, we can't do what you, exactly what you wanted, but you know what? We found this great fit for you. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of compromise. I mean, it's a little, I mean, if you try to submit something now, we're just going to unfortunately say no because we're a month out and we have everything pretty much planned at this point but it's if uh, I'll include here a uh, link to you in a second um, for our schedule which we have online we have a yeah, very yeah, yeah, of course. First, first, uh, very in... full schedule this year first. I want to say um, if you include rooms that are open 24 hours we have like over 120 events And those range from, um, like, we have our room that's our tabletop room where people. Hello? Pico, Pico, are you there? I think he, I think he died. Oh, shit. Uh -oh. Well. Well, that's the podcast, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, like like I was saying, oh wait, no, we have tabletop gaming and we have electronic gaming in the news halls. Yeah, yeah, Whilst he's gone, I am actually going to read up what they do have because they've got their event schedule here where they've got. Yeah. Um, okay, so okay, they've got autographs for most of the actually yeah, autographs, autographs for everyone across the three days by the looks of things. That's nice, actually. Um, I don't see Larson on that list. Oh yeah, well, Larson's new. Is he just got announced today? So I've, he's probably That's not true. on the list at the moment. That's true. Uh, what have we got on? It means these autographs are free. That's actually what it means. So we don't oh, have to pay. Yeah. I mean, you just have to find them, right? He that's does the it for payment. Free. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the challenge, of course, is finding yeah. right. finding <laughs> Larson. Okay. So what have we got going on? Uh, we've got three days of events. Um, yoga 101? What? Yeah, that's like what? the first one that came that's to mind. Yoga 101. I'm not... Making oh, is, is, is Yoga 101, is that, is that going to be... In... Yeah, it is. It's Ingrid Nilsson. Yeah, because... Um, do you remember when we had Anthony oh, yeah, a couple of weeks yeah. ago? And he said that like when he said that when Ingrid Nilsson was at the panel, she did like yoga poses and shit at her panel. Right. I'm going to call him back up and see if he, uh, see if he answers. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so that that is. It's Ingrid Nilsson doing that panel. Yeah, that's that, that is cool. Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's actually quite nice. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Uh, making friends is magic. What do you think about that one? Do <laughs> you think that's is magic. Where it's like really young kids or something? Because I mean, 
Guys, if you can't make friends, you got a problem there. Just, just. Uh, rock poetry slam. Is that Ingrid Nilsson as well? I don't it, know. it is. It uh, is. It's Ingrid Nilsson and Tabitha St. Germain. That's fantastic. <laughs> where does it say this? Where do you, where it's, do you see it, this? Click where? on it. Click on the actual like, yeah, square. Yeah, I am. And it says, says come on and slam oh, yeah, and welcome to the jam. Join Ingrid Nilsson and Tabitha St. Germain is, uh, for a poetry reading. Hello. Hey. We just we were just hey. reading some of the events that caught our eye on the, on the schedule whilst you were oh, away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sorry, my the entire house and I think the neighbor house too lost internet. I don't know what that was. <laughs> America. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. So um, it, I don't know what you guys um prefer in your conventions, but if you let me know, then I will be able to point out for you some uh, events because some of the people who submitted them have some very creative names. We've um, never been to conventions before, actually. I think we're we're both going no. to our first conventions this year. I'm, aren't we? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to BronyCon, yeah. um, yeah, this year. And Owen, oh, you're going to some what bizarre the, little the little great British day. BronyCon. Yeah, it's a con, quote unquote. Basically, <laughs> they rented out a hotel, and Probably there's like maybe with, thirty people there. Yeah, con, that's a con, right, gonna, guys? There's yeah, going to be okay. a handful of people there, but it's a convention. I'm right. going for all three days. They're going to regret it. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, so we... no, you'll 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 have a fun time. But, but... Um, and and BronyCon for you when you're going. BronyCon's a pretty well run convention, oh. so you'll you'll have fun there too. And I I'm I'm not going to disparage another con just because they're different con. I mean, especially <laughs> BronyCon, which is like, I think last year they had over eight thousand people. <laughs> eight thousand um, people went. They had eight thousand over eight thousand people last year. It's pretty big. I mean, we're the second biggest con in in the world, and and we're, um, and we're not that big at all we're, we're we're a lot smaller but we also have a lot um of small event space i think right. traditionally they've right. had a lot of bigger event a lot of bigger events whereas we we have a lot of uh smaller rooms a little bit more um diversity more so, intimate too okay yeah like we, we we have an area that's ccg all weekend um and then uh. we have Lots of panels that you know might only be thirty, you know, thirty to fifty people. Right, right. Oh. Kind of like Brony Can. My my friend went to Brony Can mm -hmm. uh, uh, last year. It was, he said it was a smaller convention, although he wasn't very happy with it. I don't know if you're familiar with any of them. But, uh, um, I I don't have enough money to travel to a lot of Brony conventions. Um, I've heard good things about Brony Can, but when you're when you're looking at a convention to go to, um. Each convention kind of offers its own thing. There's a whole lot of smaller of conventions out there that are very much a local convention. Yeah. BronyCon is a little bit more on that scale. Uh, BronyCon, Everfree Northwest, they're very large scale. They're they're meant yeah. for kind of everyone and people to travel to and and oh, right. So people, bigger, yeah. So can, yeah. yeah. And so each convention is kind of known for its different things. Um, Everfree Northwest is known for music because Seattle. You know, is is actually one of the largest cities in the United States for the past several decades for music. So we have, you know, we wanted to make sure that we had one of the best music scenes for that. So we were the first three-day con, and we had two. We have two nights of music at Pony Stock, and that's all live music. Um, we're known for having the best writing track. A lot of conventions only have, like. Th three to five panels about writing. Um, I used to be the uh, 
writing track lead before they asked me to be the uh, audience. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, I'll throw that out uh, that we have one of the best writing tracks because we're, we're we have six to eight you know panels and a, a at con writing competition and um, critique sessions where you sit down with other people and you read some of your story for about sixty seconds then people give you some feedback for 60 seconds and so you get some very quick feedback on style and what people like about people's writing which is a great help for people so we have a lot more uh, writing than any other con out there um, by a large margin um, we I have a cheat sheet here let me let me see uh, other things that we are uh, really good for noticing. Um, we have a great uh, kids room, as I mentioned before. We we have a, a room dedicated to it. Plus, we have a whole bunch of events for kids. Um, we, this is like we literally have stations that are just while the con is open or during the day, kids can just come in and play little games and stuff like that. Um, we have readings for kids, so you know, uh, cosplayers and VAs can come in and read stories to kids, which is really awesome. Um, yeah, actually, I was just I was just looking at the uh, the the events list going on, and uh, and just at the same time that uh, that you've got uh, Kelly Sheridan, who uh, the voice of Starlight Glimmer, just at the same time that she's doing her story time, you've got uh, Josh Scorcher and uh, I love Kim Possible a lot talking about <laughs> fucking analysis uh, in, to do with the 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 1980s movie with the smooths yep. in. And I'm thinking, I would much rather sit and listen to um, to Kelly Sheridan, to be honest, uh, than than than, uh, <laughs> than some of these analysis people talk oh. about some movie from the eighties. I'm terribly sorry. We're we're very we're very close relations with the analysis community. So um, so we're just messing around we're just messing around it's bant that's all it is yeah well i mean that's one of the nice thing about about uh, <laughs> some of the larger conventions especially with us since we have a lot of smaller stuff is i mean if you look at the schedule i mean we'll have was it at friday at 11:30 we have the words we sing which is about um uh, songs and why they move us we have a pmv panel um we have uh a little bit later at uh, noon, we have, you know, John Delancey's... Uh, this is Saturday, by the way, at 11.30. Oh, Jeff Friday. Burgess is doing the How to Write a Good Song panel. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> Uh-oh. I watched this panel on a Ponyville Live from Babscon. He did the same one. Mm -hmm. um, anyways. You do get, you do get a lot of people going around, and then if you... You guys, uh, you guys got a Ponyville Live covering the convention, eh? Uh, I... I'm not involved nope. in that this year. I, I don't think so. I, was, I think there but might be. Not just, my I, I mean, I, I can double check whilst you're talking. I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. mind. I was just wondering um, if you do. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I don't, yeah, I don't. I, I know that we're going to be recording some of the main stage events, but um, I know in the past, Pony the Live wanted to record every event room and have someone there for it, but. Um, that was kind of something that was done early on for the uh, not the original year for for BronyCon. I think I think it was like the second or third year um, they did uh, streaming. And on the one hand, it's really nice for the people who can't make it, and on the other hand, it it kind of lessens the impact of being there yourself. It makes people think like, well, 
you know, I could just see this panel online, and it's very much different being there. And oh, so yeah, I, I, I don't think it's... You take a sales hit, I mean... That's oh, it's it's sales, but it's also an experience. I mean, it's one. I mean, we have like chill out. So uh, Saturday night, and I want to say yeah, Friday night, we have chill outs where it's scheduled to just go hang right. out with other people, make friends, and that's a big thing about conventions. How you go to a convention matters. If you go with friends or you go planning to meet friends there, oh, um, it's absolutely. a much better experience. So yeah. if anyone. Yeah regardless of the convention is planning on going, reach out, you know, say like, hey, you know, maybe I only have, you know, 60 followers on YouTube or maybe you have 6,000 followers on Fin Fiction. Um, reach out, see who you know who's going and follow, you know, if you if you know someone is going, maybe you, you follow them on YouTube or they're, music, or they're a musician, you know, tweet them and, and be like, hey, I'd, I re you know, I'm, I'm going to be there, hope to see you. It really makes the experience a lot better. I mean, I agree. I, I would assume that cons are a social experience, right? And you mm -hmm. should probably be hanging out with your friends or with other people. You should make an. I think if you go to a convention, this is my personal belief, but you know, if you're going to a convention that that is such a large social event, uh, you know, you should be, you know, going out and reaching out. And I think that's cool how you're, you're, um, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you know, yeah, we try to saying that. That's great. Yeah, and we yeah. try to facilitate that. On Friday, we that's have awesome. a uh, uh, Making Friends is Magic panel at 2.30. Oh, so that's what that is, right. Yeah, so yep. we, it's, we, the entire we, point is just to, to go meet friends. We specifically schedule that on Friday. Friday night and Saturday night, uh, we have to chill out for artists and writers. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, I mean, like, the first year uh, we Pardon. did the writers chill out on Saturday night, we had, I want to say, like, 90 people just in the room at the same time just talking about fan fiction. Because they all happen to like fan fiction. Hey, if it's a, you know, something that where you're more likely to pe meet people who have similar interests, you're more likely to make new friends. And um, Zephyr, the he was my second when I was the writing track lead. Is now the head of the writing track. I met him there, and we just had a conversation. We're like, look, we obviously think differently, but we get along really well. And so when I was made the the head of the writing track, I brought him on as a staffer. And then this year he became second, and then he was promoted to lead because we we met, we got along really well, and and now you know we talk as friends online, and you know I, we look forward to seeing each other every free every year, and you know maybe yeah. uh, having a drink afterwards, and it's it's a lasting impression, and and the fact that we can go someplace and enjoy similar things at the same time with cartoon colored ponies, you know what, more's the better. Absolutely, I agree, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. <coughs> I'm not sure what to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what are what are some of the things that interest you? Do you guys like music? Do you guys like uh, table tabletop gaming? Do you like uh, crafts? Do you want to talk about vending hall? Um, oh God. Um, I'm not really sure to be honest. But again, as I say, I've, I've never been to a I've never been to a pony convention before. I'm not mm -hmm. like I, I I hate like a lot of the things that interest me. They're kind of this. I guess the stuff that I wouldn't need to leave my chair to be involved in. <laughs> right, so I wouldn't need to go to a convention to be involved in. I wouldn't necessarily go directly to a convention just to be involved in something. Well, I get there are people you know, 
would do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there is the big draw to cons for me is meeting all these people I've met yeah, online, yeah, hanging yeah. out with mm-hmm. them, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's yeah. that's basically the only reason why I want to go to a convention. Well, and you're you gonna know. meet the uh, show guests as well. Oh yeah, Let, let's talk a bit. About I mean, it. yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Well, why don't you go into that, Owen? Let's talk a bit about the show guests. So we just got the announcement earlier today, actually, that Larson's going to be there. Emma Larson, that was yep. Uh, the yep, the alicornator himself. Yes. Thank God. God, I, I'm so jealous. Ace Larson. I'm so yeah. jealous. I want to see it. <laughs> Love that man. He's going to. He's, he's actually going to quite a few conventions this year, isn't he? I think he's going to. Um, he got announced for CropCon. Uh, I think he might be going to BronyCon as well. He didn't go to Babs, which everyone was really surprised about because he went last well, year. But he I mean, went people like can a... be surprised, but but sch- scheduling special guests is really hard. I mean, a lot of them are very very busy. Well, but he, uh, we he seemed we... to go like he seemed to be. He seemed to confirm that he went that he was going to Babs last year, like as a last minute thing, which is why I'm, which is why people were kind of surprised, I guess, that he didn't go. This year, but I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Carry on. Well, like, like here's an example. So, if we had had our con- our convention one week earlier, we probably wouldn't have gotten John Delancey because scheduling wise, he is doing something regarding a film a week before. Oh, we right. just happened to have our convention the weekend that he was free. So we got you know a a lot of what special guests you can get is luck. It's who can be where at what time who has the free time available it's very hard to schedule and a lot of the special guests you know you know whether you're going through agents or they're just busy doing it themselves you know it can yeah. it can take a little while to get back and by the time you get things set up sometimes it's a little bit late um and sometimes you have special guests and i know ma larson is pretty is a pretty chill guy um sr is actually uh met him before <laughs> So when you're getting him, he, you know, just he's like, oh yeah, let me check to see if MA would be up for that. Like, and he texted it, and I'm like, what, what, what the hell, SR? Like, just, that's wait. that's really cool. He's like, he's just one of those guys who who knows some of these people. It's like and, um, Purple Tinker goes on Twitter, and she's all like, hey, Larson, talk to me on Twitter, and I uh, talk to me on Skype, and I'm like, fuck you, Purple Tinker. I want to talk to Larson on Skype. <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean some of it is is who you know, but I mean some of it is you know some of the guests are you know they have needs or they have preferences that it's like well, you know we just this year we aren't going to be able to satisfy this need and stuff like that. And when you yeah, when you're yeah. running a convention, us BabsCon, Canterlock, uh, or. Uh, uh, Brony can um, anything in Europe. I mean, I would especially imagine it would be hard to get a lot of the European people or people to Europe. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you schedule. You have yeah. to. You have to prioritize, yeah. and sometimes you might have a guest that's like, "Well, you're a real big name. We really respect you, but you know, we just financially as a convention trying to stay solvent and stay around can't do this for all of our guests, and we have." a number of other people so you get some guests who you know it's what their needs are might mean you can only have you know eight other people instead of nine or something like that yeah. so it's honestly i think and, you've i think you've hit it pretty darn well this this convention because you, you like you like you say the the not being able to facilitate the needs of everyone means that you get conventions where you have, oh, we've got one really big-name guest, and then some mm-hmm. other people who are like, oh, this person does storyboard art 
for like two e did storyboard art for two episodes of the show once. Oh, they worked on the show, guys. Oh, um, or, or something like that. But no, but I think you've got it pretty done great because you've got like you've got the Lancy, you've got yeah, you've got mm -hmm. Nicole Oliver, oh. you've got Tabitha Saint Germain, you've got. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we're we're a bigger convention. It's a little bit easier us to do financially. But I mean, like, take in, take Ingrid Nielsen. So we, I mean, she's just the voice of Mod Pie. She's really you know not in a lot of the show. But when we we were scheduling for her, I mean, she's not just a voice actress. She's actually a yoga instructor. So we have a yoga class with her where where people right. yeah, yeah, yeah people yeah. show up donate we the money which that. goes to yeah. charity. Yeah, and we have um. We have uh, Project True because she she is a director of the Project True uh, non for profit in Canada, which promotes positive body image, and so we we have her doing um, talking about positive body image, um, which you know we have. I mean, when it comes to conventions, every free Northwest has a lot more kids than a lot of other conventions, and we are a kid friendly right. con. 24 yeah. hours a day, even though kids legally can't be out past yeah. a certain time, um, but. You know, having someone up there to speak about positive body image. I mean, I, I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm overweight. You know, I've, I've had. You know, I was bullied in school and stuff like that. Just even having, even if I don't go to it, having someone who's willing to stand up there and talk. You know, who's a very successful person is. It's a nice thing to do, and it's a nice thing to know that you know stuff like that is being welcomed. So. It's it's when you're when you're doing special guests. A lot of the smaller special guests have extra things going on that are really cool. Lee Talker has um, done a oh what was it called? I'm going to kick myself for forgetting this. Um, he does he runs a uh, website that's meant to bring people together for projects. Yeah, and I'm trying yeah, to he does doesn't he? I can't remember. I remember yes. him talking about it as a BronyCon a few years ago. The, yes, yeah, and he yeah. he talked about it at Babs or at Everfree Northwest uh, the year before it came up, but um, oh, he's right. going to be here talking about it as well. Okay, nice, nice, good. Sounds good. Uh, just trying to yeah, think. So, I mean, when you, the other thing with special guests is you, a lot of people cycle, so it's well we can't fit you in this year, but you know we know what you know so and so wants next year. So next year we can come back and say, hey, we weren't able to make this work last year. But this year we can plan for it and we can do it. Nice. I, this is... Um... So Pico... Oh, sorry. So Pico, um, I, sorry if I mispronounced no. your name, by the way. I'm used um, to it. Okay. Um, just think so pie, you do company, you... pie. Pie, pie company, pie. I'll just call you pie. How about that pie? That works. Pie. That's easy to remember. Um... So you do all these things where, you, you know, you're obviously uh, with Everfree um, Northwest. But also, you know, I, I kind of want to hear more about your life. Like, like, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? What are you doing as a career? Are you, prefer are you um, pursuing school or anything of this nature? Get a little so, bit more personal here. So I got my degree in psychology, so I have a bachelor's in psychology. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Yeah, and they want to be a writer too. So, the the nice thing about psychology is even if you don't go into the field, you can always use the information and what and you know like well, you know I know how this works. Like you know if I get attacked by a wild animal, I can be like well I know if I do this, it'll freak out the mountain lion or whatever, and I'll probably be fine because I, I know certain things about behavior and stuff like that. Right. Um, but. Uh, I was going for my master's when a couple of life events happened and I had to drop out. And okay. the unfortunate thing about that is in America, you basically need a master's to get a really decent job. Like I could get a job with my bachelor's, but it pays less than my security job. Can you, so I know work in Sorry to interrupt. Can you can you open a private practice with just a bachelor's? Um so the way it works is that no, technically I couldn't oh. from the perspective of being a psychologist legally in America to be labeled a psychologist, you have to have a eight-year degree. Uh, so okay. that's why yeah, you have counselors yeah, and therapists. Surely, surely yeah. it's like uh, to be a psychologist, you have to be like a – it's almost like being a doctor, surely. So it – Yeah, it's – In a sense, yeah. yeah. There's actually really also do. something called a PsyD, which is a um, – so technically a doctor is a f uh, philosophical degree in uh, medicine, but that's uh, – and I forget why it stands for MD, but it's basically a, uh, it's a philosophy degree in that study, which is a really weird way of doing it. Um, right. Technically, in psychology, there's also something called a PsyD, which is called a which is a philosophical a philosophy degree in psychology as opposed to uh, medicine. So when you have psych and you have psychiatrists and psychologists, psychiatrists are more medicine oriented. Psychologists are all therapy, all like talking things out, coming up with solutions to problems that don't involve medicine, and a lot of times right. you have people stuff who have, like like stuff like cognitive behavioral therapy or, or these yeah, kind of techniques, and, right? Yeah, right. exactly. And right. a lot of times you have people who they might go to a psychologist, but they're also getting medicine from a psychiatrist, and so the psychologist and the psychiatrist helping someone have to work together on something. Right. And the psychiatrist, or, sorry, the the psychologist cannot prescribe prescription drugs. That right? is correct. But they right. can say, hey, you know, this sounds like this. Um, right. I'm going to recommend you to this person, and they're going to evaluate you and see if this if there's a medica medication that can help until we get it to the point where you don't need medication. Because that's a big thing in in psychology where there's a big disagreement with psychiatry. Is psychiatry, because it's a medicine-oriented field, it's all it's a lot of uh, prescribing medicine. Whereas psychology, right. it's like, well, yes, you have to pay a psychologist like a hundred dollars an hour, but on the bright side, you know, after X many months, you're improved or you're done, and you don't need the you don't need the therapy anymore. With right. a medicine, you need to keep using it, and there's right. other side effects um, that are are it's it's actually a big issue in America right now because there's some antidepressants, which cause perfectly happy, normal people to commit suicide against their will. Right. I, I was on SSRIs when I was uh, 16, and I, re I remember them being awful. I hated oh, them. Oh, yeah. They, they and, and I mean, yeah. yeah. So, especially with teens and kids, it's really hard. I mean, they talk about ADHD in America. It's like one out of 20 people is now like said to be ADHD, and that's just not right. I mean, a lot of it is... So, I look yeah. at a teacher... Who, who was told that this person was ADHD and he looked at the kid and the kid explained it and like, no, I'm deaf in one ear. So to hear the teacher properly, I have to look to my left so it looks like I'm looking out the window. But no. I need to do that in order to hear the teacher. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? and if you just go by the teacher, you know, this person, kid has ADHD. He's always looking out the window. It's like, no, he can't hear you. 
Like, he's doing that to listen to you. Like, this, this is why we have professionals who are basically just trained to ask questions, is because you can get a lot of answers with questions. That, that's wow. how um, I define that. Very impressive. To, that's, I'm just, I'm, I'm really impressed that you have a degree in psychology. That's incredible. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. I think oh, doing I, a good, I like it. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'm actually working right now as a night guard because... Oh, the, shit. Yeah. Hey, it helped me. Hey, look at it this way. The green psychology helped me get a decent job as a night guard. So I have like a, it doesn't pay the best, but it's, it's a little bit of a cushy job. So I sit and I work on writing or when I was promoted to the director, you know, co-director of events, you know, I could organize some of my stuff at night at work <laughs> because I'm in, right. because I happen to be lucky. I'm in a locked building where to get to any of my floors that I care about in the office building, you already have to have scanned a key card and gone through stuff and gone through another security. Right. So, I'm a security within security. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, they don't have anything for me to do, so I sit and I write and I read a little bit and I respond to alarms and do other stuff and I, and I have some tasks that I do, but I get that done, you know, with six hours to spare sometimes. So I just need to be there in case there's an emergency. It's basically what I am. I, I'm, a, I'm a lesser paid emergency responder who's not expected to, you know, stick my hands into someone who's bleeding or to put out the fire. I'm there to, you know, make sure no one else gets burned in the fire and to let the fire department know what's going on when they get there. And to prevent the fire in the first place, which is basically most of my job is prevention. Um, but I, I've been working a lot on writing, and I went from being absolutely terrible to doing a lot better. I am the... Um, so Everfree Northwest is actually the only film fiction site blogger that's a convention. And, and if you have a convention whether it's us or someone else, and you have inf and you want to put up a site blog on film fiction, um, so it'll go to all the people who have enabled site blogs of, of the social site blog type, um, you can send it to us, and we'll put it up there. And so we help other conventions because we feel that, you know, fan fiction, I mean, fan fiction is a third of the fandom. If you look at, there was a, a brony poll here the past few years in America, and fan fiction is up there with how much people um, are involved with fan fiction. It's the same percentage, pretty much, within a few points of the people who enjoy fan music or fan animations. And fan fiction actually gets more traffic than Equestria Daily on a daily basis. They get over 2 million people a day. Wow. Or 2 million hits a day. So it's a smaller number of people, but it's a very dedicated fandom. It's a very dedicated sub-fandom. <coughs> and a lot of conventions, it, it's a hard thing to commit a lot of resources to, especially if you're smaller. But Everfree Northwest, you know, we, we've done a lot more with that. So, and, and that was largely me working with Everfree Northwest. Um, I am kind of the de facto head of the fan fiction group um, called the School for New Writers, which is one of the yep. top ten groups. Um, and mostly that's me saying, hey, this group was dying can I save it and they're like yeah go ahead and so I recruited a bunch of other people now they do all the work <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's kind of what I do is I, is I kind of like organizing stuff and I like writing and so I'm hoping to turn my you know night time when I have spare time at work writing interest into you know being an actual writer and that's something that I'm very lucky, lucky to be able to do right now without having to commit absolutely all of my time to it yeah, right. that actually seems right. like, That's... that does seem like quite 
a nice thing actually because it, it would be mm -hmm. it would be quite a, quite a nice story like you oh you've you you had plenty of spare time in your work you dedicated some of that time to something you want to do when you've done it mm -hmm. published got a book published whatever sold it and yeah, yeah i mean no that seems, that seems nice yeah it'd be nice and the other thing is i make a lot of connections and so like fan fiction is great for a lot of things i mean when you when I've been doing a lot of research on, you know, how to be a better writer and different talents and, you know, where people go to, to do stuff. And the thing I've realized is that fan fiction is great for learning a few things before you write an actual book. It's great for writing consistent characters because, hey, if I write Flourish out of the character, people will let me know. <laughs> so I, I get right, practice I see, at, I see what you at mean. doing yeah. certain yeah. things. Uh, practice. It's get... practice. It's practice. It's right? practice it's, with it's, characters. It's, but it's, it's not only practice. Yeah. It's like practical practice. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, and, and for yeah. certain things, fan fiction is, is a better learning experience. It's great for learning how to network <laughs> and how to interact with fans. I yeah. mean, you... Yeah. Certain people and celebrities, they interact with fans in their different ways. But, you know, going into that, if you kind of have an idea of how you interact with people, you can set it up earlier a lot easier. So you're not, you know, floundering like, oh, my God, someone wants a signature. Like, this is so weird. It's like, oh, no, I'm used to, you know, someone saying like, hey, I like your work. You know, that's not an odd experience. And it's used to being like, hey, someone criticized me on something. You know, what can I glean for this to get better or is what? what they have to say not not apply or maybe it's just not to their taste you know and, it, and it's maturing it's maturing before you go out in the world and actually prevent your present your own work and that's something yeah. that i think a lot of authors could really value and of course in in in, in the sense that um what am i in the sense that it, you say it's practice, it's practice because you've got you've got characters, you've got a world that's already pre-established, mm -hmm. and you can your... pacing. It's great. It's great for pacing. It's yeah, great for experimentation. Yeah, true. True. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's. It, yeah. I. I get. I get that. I my. Get uh, my. The thick that people most want me to go back and write. People are actually like start saying really good things, but it actually kind of scared me off of it, especially when I realized that there were certain problems with the fic. Then I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, this plot is completely messed up. I have to go back and fix all these things. But people are saying all these nice things about this fic. It kind of scared me. And that fic was Chi the Tiniest Troll, and it's written as an epistolary, which means it's written all as letters. So you know those letters at the end of the you know episodes that we used to have. It's basically an entire oh, story yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. And there, wow. I think I've heard of something like that before. I'm not entirely sure. Mm -hmm. There's there's actually a couple, at least several hundred stories on fan fiction, if not several thousand, that are basically written as epistolary, cell diary entries, or letters between people, or it's mostly letters between people. But I did this interesting thing with an OC where I had it so that like when he starts out, he doesn't actually know how to write because he's a troll, but not like an internet troll, but like an actual like traditional. Right, troll. I figured. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> In, important clarification. I was a bit confused right. for a moment then, but. <laughs> <laughs> very important to note um, and so I have him he doesn't know how to write so probably gave him this magical pen well because I have trolls they kind of feed off of magic because the way I have it is basically like timber wolves are a type of troll is the way I was doing it so he feeds off of magic and so this pen doesn't work right and so he speaks and the pen writes but when he speaks he thinks of the word like applejack is Applejack. It's three separate words. So when he when he writes it and he says Applejack, the the magic of the pen doesn't quite autocorrect it. 
And so he writes out differently. So like Prince S. Celestia is literally Prince and then S and then Celestia. And so it's this really fun little thing and I made it consistent and people responded well to it. And I'm like, oh, well, this is a neat little trick then that people really, really liked. And, and people liked it so much they're telling me to stop writing the other characters just to write this troll. Uh, and I'm like, wow, that's that's... A, a lot of that's a lot of good feedback for me as a writer because it helped me figure out that um, there's something in psychology, especially when it applies to um, entertainment, where it's something that's unique and something that's familiar. Those are the two keys for someone to like something. So if it's unique, it stands out. Your brain has a lot of interest. It analyzes it, and your brain likes brain activity, and this is brain activity, and you're learning, and it likes it. If it's something that's familiar, you're reinforcing what your brain knows. But you can't just have reinforcement. <laughs> and so by writing this slightly different English for this one character, but having to be consistent, it's something that's it's English, so it's familiar to them, but it's also a unique take on it. So there's this extra interest and this extra joy taken from reading it and analyzing it as long as I stay consistent. I'm not a big fan of fan fiction, but it does that does seem actually like like a nice idea. Do you like reading in general? Um, yeah, but I'm I'm just I'm just I do. I oh, guess I've just never really given. I, I have read some fan fiction, but I, I don't really make a habit out of it to well, be honest. Fan fiction is interesting because technically, people around the world um, are writing more fan fiction than actual stories, and a lot of people. Especially yeah, in America, I mean, our true. schools have kind of failed a little bit. There's a lot of people who are interested in writing, but they're not necessarily as good yet. So you do get a lot of the not-quite-as-good stories. But did you ever see the movie Groundhog's Day? I've, I, I actually haven't watched it. I, I'm, I'm a child. Shoot me. I, I know, I'm familiar <laughs> with it, though, so, so go on. Um, there's a... There's a, a really good story that was written extraordinarily well, and I'll, I'll pull the name up for you here in a second. Um, it's called and Gloom it's, and Gloom. It's, no. <laughs> no. Um, let's see here. Fil filter from Fiction. So it's from Captain Chrysalid, who did the Platinum Crown... What was his first story? I know it's I here. Know the Best Night Ever. The Best, the night, best night Ever is a really good story where it's basically that Groundhog. Um, it Groundhog's Day. You know, he's living in the same day until he gets it right. Yeah. And yeah, the whole yeah. idea is that he was hosting the Grand Galloping Gala and it all went terrible and he was totally upset. And then he relives it and he relives it and he relives it and it drives him crazy. And so you kind of see this weird descent into madness. And then he he pulls out of it and he fixes everything. And he realize, and he becomes a better person, and um, it's a really well written story. With it's a it's a very used premise, but when done properly, it's very well. It's very fun to read and very interesting. And there's certain things in that that I um, like. There's he has this one drink he he likes. It's been years since I read the fic, but I think it was like mango juice and something else. It was this weird drink that he had, and, and the one thing that really kept him 
like grounded in it and he doesn't even realize that the self is this one drink and so it's this really interesting take on the blue blood character where he you know he's a jerk because he's a jerk in the show but it kind of goes into why and then it kind of breaks him down as a character and builds him back up into a better person and then he struggles to complete his task he's like just once i don't care if i'm stuck with this forever just once i want this day to go right for everyone not just me and it happens to be well written with not a lot of technical errors, and it it's one of the better fan fictions that you that I've ever read. That's not you know followed Equestria with its million word count. <laughs> huh. Okay, I hmm. I'll look into it at some point. I, I again not not a huge fan of fan fiction but if I have some spare time and I remember it I'll definitely look into it uh, it's all about those audiobooks man they're, they're, all about the audiobooks actually yeah yeah people have always the said way to do it. people have only always way. said for stuff like Fallout Equestria just go for the audiobooks because it, it takes too long to read I but mean, yeah. I'm not much of a reader like I'm not I'm not really big into literature or, or reading or mm -hmm. any, of, any of this but uh yeah the nice thing, the nice thing about writing is that there's always going to be a story out there for everyone where someone likes it. It might be Harry Potter. It might be Twilight. I, I hate to say it, but, you know, if there's something out there for everyone. It's just learning how to find it is its own kind of skill, and a lot of people don't really... They don't teach, you know, how to find books that you like in school. They just kind of give you a book assignment and hope that you pick it up on your own. I was just going to say, there were some questions in the chat earlier on that I think I'm going to go back to. Uh, some questions about the convention. Uh, King Europe asked something about uh, the process for getting VIP community guests involved. Uh, do He was wondering if it was more like uh, they approach you, or do, do, do they all approach you, or do you approach some of them? So or? So this year we did it a little differently. We did it two ways. One was that people um, kind of stepped up and said, hey, I'm, I'm this community, and they fill out a form, and, and, you know, it's basically this is who I am, this is what I've done. We kind of balance them against other people in the field. So, for instance, if you have, you know, 80 musicians applying, I, I, I don't know the actual numbers, this is not my department, but we have a bunch of musicians applying, and we also happen to have pony stock. So for being listed as a community guest, it's kind of um, a recognition of interest from the community that, that's beyond a normal panelist. And um, s some people, they write in, it's like, look, you know, you have a, mi you know, a half million followers on YouTube, so you're going to be a community guest because you're, you're horse famous. And for some people, it's, you know, you, maybe you haven't done a lot, but what you've done has been really good, and you're part of you. You spend as much time working with other people and building up other people as yourself. So that might be something that gets you labeled as a community guest. Or people might write in and suggest if you have a have a smaller group of fans, but they're super dedicated. You know, we might get inundated with. You know, we might say, "Hey, I want to be an Everfree Northwest community guest. How about you guys ping them and let them know how interested you are?" And it's like Kim Possible a lot did this, and we probably would have accepted her as a community guest anyway. But we also got like dozens and dozens of entries saying, "Like, hey, you should accept." I love Kim Possible a lot as a community guest. And like, you know what? She wanted to see Delancey real bad, didn't she? So mm -hmm. yeah, well, I, mean, I can she imagine. Did. Yeah. Well, she could have just paid to come and seen him, <laughs> but um, 
Uh, I mean, she, I mean, one of the things is she did want to be a community guest for us, and mm. she is doing several things with us that are like, well, you know, <laughs> great because we have these events, and you you want to do something a little bit unique and a yeah, little bit yeah, different yeah. from everyone else that stands out. So, so she, she's we'd be happy to have you as a community guest. She's definitely like, uh, how do I say? She's uh, a lot of the guests are definitely worth what like what what they would have paid for a, for a ticket like in what they do in what they provide for the convention like where they go to a mm-hmm. like, where they go to a they they run a panel or they they do some event or something yeah mm-hmm. they yeah. don't just sit on and their so, ass all day yeah so this this last year that's what we've done for being a community guest i mean there's some people we did take panel submissions separately so there's some people who like look you didn't make the cut for being a community guest, but you know, we you submitted this panel idea. We love it. We love to have you run this panel. So we have them. You know, we we accept the panel, and we we you know, this is where my job comes in. We fit it into a time slot, and we make sure it's not competing with anything else that's the same, um, or if it is, that there's a very good reason for it. Like there's some of the writing track events, just because we have so many of them, that like our critique sessions, which basically cap out at 15, 20 people, because they're smaller. You know, they can override a couple of events because the people who really want to make them, you know, there's there's multiple of those that they can make, so it's not really a conflict. But for, uh, like, I Love Kim Possible a lot, we don't want to have, I mean, she's a community guest, we know she wants to go to the John Delancey events, so we didn't schedule at the same time as John Delancey events. Right, yeah. And it's it becomes a lot of shuffle, you know. Shuffle this over here. Shuffle this over here. Make a new problem. Find a new solution. Every couple of solutions creates a new problem that you have to find a solution for. But you have to you have to handle it in a way that makes everyone happy. And do you think you have handled it in a yep. way that makes everyone happy? It's like it's like juggling puppies. Like you don't want to drop them, but you need to set them <laughs> down gently so you do it very carefully. Different different analogy. Um. Who was it who asked about money laundering? Someone asked about money laundering. Jokingly, obviously, there. Ah, yes, it was uh, Alistair Pony asked, how easy is it to launder money with a convention? Or do you not know? Do you not <laughs> deal uh, with the, the money how side? Close the nearest dry cleaner is. I mean, because then you can just uh, hand them a bag and say, I need it. <laughs> that old trick. <laughs> I think that answers that question. <laughs> that answers that question perfectly. So very easy when you're ever free Northwest, yes. Is there, is there a dry cleaner? It's actually really hard. Oh. Um, it, we would be able to do it um, because we do handle... Uh, Whoa, should, charity, you, should, you, should you be saying this? I don't... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm fine saying this because we can't because we, I mean, last year we raised $40,000 for charity for the Seattle Children's Hospital, which is the most of any con as far as I know. And, you know, we've we've been one of the big events. We've been the biggest con for raising money for charity, and we have, you know, food drives on the side and stuff like that. So, literally, if we misplace a penny with some of our events, it's a federal crime. <laughs> and because of how reporting works, it's not us doing the reporting. It would be the uh, it would be the uh, the Seattle Children's Hospital. Right. There's like this number didn't match with this number when just when they report it, and it would automatically flag stuff because uh, the IRS in America takes um, is a little bit more wary of anything involving charities. Okay. So, 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 obviously, the, the what was put in place 
at, uh, at, at your convention wasn't put in place at something like, um, I don't know, Les Pegasus Unicorn, which infamously had problems with charity money disappearing. I don't know. Yep. I don't know. We, that... we haven't had issues with that. So, so you, I, I, did, did you learn from that? Was that intentional? That the the last Pegasus. No, we had a set of records from the beginning. Well, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Of course, I can imagine. But but surely, yeah. surely, we're we're very careful. Uh, I'm not going to say which con, but there's been uh, one other big convention um, that's had problems where, like staff. Don't, they don't have a staff area for their stuff. So they would put it down in some place, and if it was too close to the charity items, they would end up on the charity auction. So there have been a couple cons that have had, or one particular con, but I think it's happened at multiple cons, where staff merchandise that they had signed by a special guest accidentally ended up getting auctioned off, and then yeah. they had to go to the person who bought it and say, hey, sorry about this. But we, we, we've been very good about, we haven't had any problems with that or anything involving money disappearing, and that's why we have Seattle Children's Hospital coming back to us now for our fourth year, and they're very, very happy with us. Nice, nice. Sounds good, sounds good. Um, oh, actually, I, I have got one before I forget. Um... A uh, friend of ours who 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 hosts the podcast who isn't here today unfortunately can't make it. He would probably be asking this question, so I'm going to ask it. Uh, who is best pony? Best pony is obviously Sunset Shimmer now. Oh, I'm sorry. But that second movie who, came who's, out. Who's best pony for real? She just she stole my heart. <laughs> <laughs> who, who's best pony no, for um, real? Come on, come on. I, Main I, six. I used to. It used to for main six. I would say Applejack. I like her character a lot more. She's the only character who's actually realized her dream. Everyone else, they're still working towards something. Pinkie Pie, it's always the next party. Rarity still wants to be a big fashionista. You could argue that Fluttershy is probably happy where she is, but I mean, Applejack's entire, you know, cutie mark story was that like I left home and then I realized that no, I just want to be there working on the farm, and now she is, and there's not going to be any more development than that. No, you put it like that, and it just makes me think that like Apple, Applejack is living the dream, working like she is, working like long hours every day of the week on some shitty. We've both farm. seen the episode where she takes where, where it's the uh, the newspaper episode where she takes a nap in the farm. I mean, she's <gasps> she's generally not overworking herself unless someone's hurt. But I mean, hey, that'll happen with anyone. She's living the dream of being yes. a hard-working Well, horse. Owen, it depends, you know, different people we'll value respect- different things and, uh, <laughs> you know, I think you need to understand that. Oh, Break that oh, into your sorry. paradigm. I, that's yep. what I recommend. Oh, right. um, I used to also really, really like Zakora a lot, but after the uh, second season, they just started using her a little bit more as a plot point. Initially, uh, Lauren Faust wanted her to be to have a more central role. She was supposed to mentor Twilight, so that's why she had this really yeah. interesting character. And then they just kind of started using her for plot points only. Like, hey, we need a solution. Zakora is the best fit fitter in. Yeah, that was kind of in the the season four premiere, wasn't it? Where premiere, where yeah. like she just had yeah. she just happened to have the suspicious white liquid. Just happened <laughs> right. to pass it. Oh no! The cutie marks crusaders stole something from Zakora, and it goes horribly wrong. Oh look, here's Zakora, just in time. Uh, no. <laughs> um, he shows up. I noticed this leaf was missing, and oh hey look, 
I know exactly what happened. Here's the solution. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sakura's there, not there's a reason why Amy Keen Rogers is there's a reason why Amy Keen Rogers is one of my favorite writers for the show. But she she went to Disney now. Oh yeah, yeah she's, she's gone. For, she's gone. Yeah, she's oh. not, no, it's her she's last gone. season, season five. Season five, the last season. She's got what another four episodes though, or something. So you know, she's got we have four something to look forward to this season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the here's the thing about Amy. When Lauren first got the okay to do the show, she was writing the show Bible. The first person she went to, I, from what we can tell, is uh, Amy. Yeah. And all, none of her episodes have been bad. A lot of them are missing kind of that, you know, extra mm. meme quality to it, but they're all they're all pretty solid. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say she's had a bad episode. She's had some mm. eh episodes in my opinion, but no no not a bad episode. No, I wouldn't say she's had a Well, bad and some of her eh episodes for other right uh, show writers would have been their good episodes. Possibly, yeah. I kind of see where I mean, you're going from. What episode has she written that kind of stand out here? Philly Vanilli was oh, hers. I love Philly Vanilli. I wasn't a big fan of that one. Really? I wasn't a huge. Oh. Well, I'm not huge on Fluttershy, so you know. I mean, that's that's my own fault. I I thought that was one of the. I would best say it was a bad episode by any stretch. I'm trying to I'm it. trying to think what she has written. I can't remember anymore. I I know that she she wrote um. A f is it a friend in a friend in need? Is that the one? I'm looking it up. Is that what it's called? Right now, yeah. But, she but, wrote the lyrics to the smile song. No, yeah. she actually wrote so. the episode, didn't she? Yes. Well, oh, yeah, she's yeah. actually written a bunch she of songs. Wrote the episode because the writers so, write the lyrics. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. So, so, but I, I wasn't too keen on that episode. <laughs> like, I wouldn't call it bad. It's just kind of like I don't really like it, I mean, especially not as much as people as a lot of people did. Um. Smile there song's uh, a nice song. Don't get me wrong. Episode's just not that good. I mean, it's so she she did the ticket mask. She did she did the Apple Buck season. Oh, okay, actually, no, I'll call ticket. Oh no, she didn't. Do, no, Lauren did Ticketmaster, didn't she? Uh, she she did it with Lauren. Lauren came, uh, with season one. Lauren had a lot of the ideas herself, and then she kind of put them to other people. Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. a dog and pony show with the Diamond Dogs. No, nope, I like that. Uh, that that was That's her. The best night was, ever. So the season one finale right. was her, which with the ticket. The last roundup with the Derpy Gate. That's okay. Which wasn't her fault, but you know <laughs> she ended up having to come in and say, "Hey, what? Who's you know, Derpy?" I mean, I mean, that's a very minor part of the episode, anyways. I mean, it is, but I mean, it, it's one of the things really people would recognize. Uh, she did the. Uh, she has writing credits for a friend, indeed, which right. is the one with the donkey. Yeah. With Cranky Doodle. Smile song. Yeah, episode, Doodle yeah. The smile song. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so far, so she, good. I mean, apparently, she did the the mystery on the Friendship Express mm, was involved. I like that. that episode. I like that one. Mm, I thought it was. Uh, that, that I would probably say that was her weakest for me. I'm not sure. I I, she's, I, I definitely can't think of a bad episode oh, that she's done. She did Pinky Pride, Pink Pinky Pride with Cheese Sandwich. Yep. Pinky Pride. Uh, that Philly one. Vanilli. That's legendary tears. Philly shit, Vanilli. So yep. Like yeah. Philly one. Vanilli. Philly Vanilli is good. It's all right. Testing one, two, three. Testing one. That was a great, great. Yeah, her her track record here, guys, is pretty fantastic. No wonder yeah. she's moving yeah. on to Disney. <laughs> oh no! no. <laughs> that was loud. She, uh, I mean, Sorry. she has the chops, and she's done a lot of writing. I mean, a lot of the writers who kind of have meh more than meh episodes, a lot of it is that they're less experienced. Right. I mean, Amy. Amy has a pretty good repertoire. She worked with Lauren back on Powerpuff Girls. 
Yeah. Um, oh yeah, she did, didn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, she she and she's worked on a bunch of stuff. So, um, I mean, a lot of it is just experience, and she's a really nice person. I interviewed her two years ago. Oh, nice. Yes, two years ago at Everfree Northwest, and it was a pretty awesome interview. And the thing is, she actually writes a lot of her own music. So the uh, one of her songs didn't make it in, and that was the um, Piggy Pie song where she's uh, singing to the foals. She actually wrote that in season one, but they had to cut it. And before they even animated it, they just had to cut it for time for something. And so then she just happened to be watching the episodes with her kids, and then that came on, and she's like, that's really familiar. That's, oh, that's that song. Wait, which which song was she singing to the foals? The Piggy Pie. Um, oh, I forget. It's the one where she dresses up as a pig to try and entertain the kids, the two foals. Oh, really? when the, the, cake, the Cake's kids. Yeah, and like wiggle your tail, oink, oink, oink. I'm, so I'm they, terrible with music, I'm not going to sing. Right, but. yeah, yeah, I remember. So they reused, that's Amy Keaton Rogers' song, and they reused it. That that was, I don't know if it was her song exactly, I think they might have reworked it, but that was basically her proposed song. Okay. And they they like, hey, you know, we happen to have this great story for it. Um, A lot of her, the, a lot of the uh, stuff that, like, I want to say she did some work with the uh, Pinky Pride, <laughs> where she had input on a lot of songs. She's one of the writer, few writers who, like, in, different writers write in different ways. Some say, in, you know, hey, Jason Thiessen, put in... Or is it Jason Thiessen who does the music? No, it's Daniel, no, 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 no. It's no. Ingram and Stefan Andrews. It's Ingram, but... That's me. At Babs, they specifically said... That they all write the lyrics. They they never say. Yeah, it's it's collaborative. Yeah. They right? never yeah. say. Um, it depends they... on the song. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes Ingram will get into contact with the writer to work on the lyrics, or sometimes he won't, or uh, sometimes she... you know uh, he'll just completely change it. They don't know, right? These uh, these what? a lot of these these writers are on contract, right? They're not they're not hired yeah, yeah, by. Yeah, they're all on contract. Yeah, so so technically they write the script and then you know it gets. Mm -hmm. And different writers and, do it different ways. Well, uh, a lot course. of writers, I mean, sorry, uh, I got yeah. distracted by something else going on in the house. Um, some of okay. the writers, they will, uh, they will be very hands-on. Amy Keating Rogers is one of those writers. Um, some of the writers are like, look, I, I don't do music. I just think that this would be great for a song here about this. And so right. they might, in they might just give a very loose right. input so on the song. Ideas. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything else I've got to say. Um, I I guess that's I, unless there's anything else you you want to say about anything you want to close off of with the convention or else anything else that you feel that we've missed. Everyone should go to Everfree Northwest and May twenty ninth to thirty first. They can still buy tickets, can't they? They can still buy tickets. Hey. A lot of the uh, the special tickets are either one of the tiers is out, one of the tiers is low. Um, if you want to see how your schedule would work out, um, if you could drop that link that I gave you into your stream, yeah, I'll drop it. Into I'll the put that in the description. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah, if um, no the events when you go to the events schedule on our website, you can actually click on the events and hit add to my schedule and then at the bottom you have the schedule that appears for you yeah. and so you can schedule your stuff out very easily 
Um, we have, I want to say it's 78 vendor tables. So for a lot of people who, who want lots of vending stuff, um, our vending team has done a lot of work this year to make sure there's as little overlap as possible. Because the last thing you want when you go to a vending hall is to say like, well, a third of the people are all doing plushies. And I don't want to get $200 of plushies. Right. You know, it just kind of it, it kind of spoils it a little bit. So uh, we our our vending hall has done a great job making sure there's a there's a variety of people, and um, our music track is the best, or is, <clears throat> sorry, one of the best. <clears throat> the best. You heard Pony it here first. Star. Pony stock. Pony stock. <laughs> the only one I can actually say is the is the best tr track for us. That I can confidently say is the writing track, and that's just because we had. I think last year is like 30 hours, and this year we're pretty close to that for writing track events, and most cons don't get past 10. So, Excellent. Great focus on writing. Lots of great community guests and special guests as mm -hmm. well, of course. If you guys want to see Ingrid Nielsen, you know, Bonnie Zachary. I'm not pronouncing her name right. I don't know. No, you uh, are. Bonnie, Bonnie Zachary. Oh, I got it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Jason actually... Theason, of, of course, Big J. Uh, okay, you know, you, you, guys, you guys will know who these are. Uh, yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, Bonnie Zachary created the, or was one of the two people who created the initial toy line. Yes, yes. And she initially yeah. wanted it to be for both genders. And yeah, I remember she said that, that a few she yep, said The that only a few way that they ago. got through was by making it more of a girl's toy because there weren't enough girls, girls toys back then. And so it's kind of come full circle, which is really cool. Um, Lee Talker, of course, voice of Snips. Lee Talker, incidentally, has voiced like over a thousand characters. He is so, fabulous, like literally fabulous. I love him. Yes, in so many ways. Um, yes. He's also done uh, Stephen Magnus. Yes, awesome. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, thank, yeah. thank you, YouTube uh, auto naming. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, that's where the name came Stephen from, Magnus. wasn't it? And that's an official <laughs> thing now as well. Yeah. And that was an official thing. Yep. Um, as I said, Ingrid Nielsen, Mod Pie, Kelly Sheridan is the new villain, but oh, I can't remember the new villain's name. Starlight Glimmer. Yes. Fantastic villain. Also voiced a character in the first gen show. Oh yeah, yeah she was, wasn't she? Yeah. Yep. So that, that's why the image on our website is of both of her characters. Of course everyone knows John Delancey, Nicole Oliver, voice of I'm, Princess Luna. Celestia. Um Nintendo Saint Germain who did Celestia yes. and Spike. Yeah, I, I'm also looking at your community guests and I think this is a big draw too. Like you got Igor coming. Igor, of course, uh, Pony VRville. Uh, for you guys who don't know, he oh, created that, yeah. and he has my little ties, right? Igor, he's a great guy. I love him. A silver slinger, of course. Uh, oh yes, all the fantastic, some jewelry. amazing jewelry. Yeah, we actually have uh, some community guests who haven't even been announced yet. We've had to stagger them. We have so many. Uh, uh, <gasps> got, got any uh, like surprise announcements you want to make? Any exclusives or? announcements you can make? There's always surprises. Any Ooh. exclusives? There's always. You should show a up and see the surprises. Probably the biggest name draw for us for the writing track is Penstroke, who's been with us every year, is the most followed um, author in the writing community because yes. he wrote Past Sins. Yes. Um, yeah, but we have He's a lot of so guests. so many great guests. So, oh, uh, uh, what, what, what about uh, Draw Ponies, man? Is he going to make it? Uh, is he going to have a, a table there? What's going on with that? Draw Ponies. No, uh, no, uh, no, uh, no, uh, no. That was well, a joke. 
I, I don't no. mean to. Oh no, we like actually that. had a drop. Yes, yeah, we yeah, we yeah, know, I we know, we know, we know. We know. It's just not to be funny to bring it up. I should know this. I should know it right because. Well, man, you got a lot on your plate. It's okay. You can make mistakes. You're only human. You're only human, but. Again, awesome. I really wish I, I, I really want to go to this convention now. It's too bad. God damn it. Maybe oh. next year. Are you guys going to be uh, 2017 or 2016? Sorry. Are you... Are you, are you... Uh, yes. Um, I yes. don't know if, if we've narrowed down a place yet because that's planning that I'm not involved with at this point. Right. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the last couple of years, you know, we've been in the green. There's no... We're not planning on, like, trying to plan for 5,000 people or something like that when, you know, we're not going to get that. So we're not going under this year, at least. I think you guys should try to um, get a Vegas. Get your, get your con in Vegas. God, no. Do it. No. Do it. We need a convention no, in Vegas. Ever, we, Come on! You can, Come be, ever, on, you can guys. be ever free Southwest for, for a year. I mean, like, what's the it's the See, here's, here's, the brilliance. here's the brilliance about having a con in Vegas. When these kids from, you know, outside of the country or from further away tell their parents that they want to go to this convention and they tell them that it's in Vegas, they're done. They're in. They're totally for it. <laughs> oh, it's in Vegas? Great. I mean, you could go to your con and we can go gamble. You know, awesome. It's Vegas, the city of lights. Marketing. There you go. That one's free. Free of charge. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we probably should wrap this up. So yeah, as we said, go and check out uh, all the stuff on their website. And if you if you can make it, then please do <coughs> buy some tickets. Uh, where, did you say there would be somewhere you think that they'll be able to? People will be able to see panels and such if they can't make it, or um, there's a good chance we're going to have the main stage recorded. The side stuff, unfortunately, I don't think we can guarantee that at this point, but I'm not involved with that, so right, okay. until it's given a 100% go, I don't hear about it. Okay, no, that that's fine, yeah. So, I mean, so, presumably some of it will be recorded, not all of it, that's fine. Uh, so, the, mm -hmm. and it, there will be people recording, surely, so people, it probably will end up online somewhere. Um, because of course we can't make yeah, it. We'd it love looks to a go. lot better in person. Though. <laughs> I know, but we'd love we'd love to go, but we just can't make it because. We're... Uh, I, I I actually can't get into the states. I have a criminal conviction, so I'm a little <laughs> screwed there. Absolutely can't. You but could... if oh, I no, could, if I could... well, not a felon. You murdered oh, someone. How could you? I well well, oh, well no, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> Look at me! Look at this guy putting me in some some kind of generalization <laughs> here. What a what an asshole! No, I'm kidding. Uh, I would I'd like I I would border hop just to go to Everfree Northwest. You better believe. I it. would swim I would. across the Atlantic don't, don't just that. to I, get I to. I hear Everfree. the I hear the Mounties frown upon that, and you don't want to. Piss off the <laughs> uh, uh, They'll take their horses they're across gonna, the gonna, Pacific Ocean to gonna, find they're you. They're gonna chase me on their moose and penguins. <laughs> quite the ride. Like, how are they penguins sliding up the hill? I am so confused. <laughs> right. Mounties. <laughs> All right. So All I right, guess Owen. thank you very much for for listening Absolutely. and, fa and thank you. Yeah, thank you very much for showing up. I know it's been a bit of a train wreck, but I think we've managed it quite well. So uh, we will be back again next week for regular old horse antics. Back with uh, the latest helping of horse, which is going to be it's the Discord episode. Oh. <gasps> 
Oh boy! Yeah. I'm looking nice. forward to that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to that. So from... I love Discord. <laughs> don't we all? Who doesn't? Who doesn't love Discord? Oh, you're all I mean, how many characters are in both Star Trek and My Little Pony? Come on. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. So I think uh, yeah, we should wrap this up. So uh, from me, from Sheldon, and from special guest, go to Everfree Northwest and. We hope you all have fun, and we'll see you again, same horse time, same horse place, next week. Nay. Nay. <coughs> Nay. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs>